大家晚上好，这里是正在为您直播。Welcome to Merrick's Experts, the podcast that provides analysis of current affairs in China. China's media and internet controls are among the strictest in the world. The censorship apparatus in the People's Republic has grown and expanded in recent years, especially since Xi Jinping became leader of the Communist Party in 2012. But how does censorship work? How does the Chinese government control what people read online? And how do we know what has been deleted? Hello, I'm Ruth Kirchner, and in this podcast, I'm going to explore the inner workings of the censorship machine. I'm joined by someone who has come up with ways of monitoring and tracking online censorship and controls in China. He's Fu Qinghua. He's an associate professor at the Journalism and Media Studies Center of the University of Hong Kong, and he is the head of projects like Weibo Scope and. WeChat scope. Now, Weibo, that is, of course, the name of the Twitter-like Chinese microblogs that are very popular in China. And WeChat is a social media platform, a bit like a combination of WhatsApp and、uh, Facebook. But Weibo scope and WeChat scope—that sounds a bit like magical devices straight out of a Harry Potter novel. What are they, and what do they do? Thanks so much、uh, for interest in this topic.、Uh, basically, the WeChat Scope and Weibo Scope are the two projects that I'm working on to try to track the social media content in China. Particularly, I'm interested to what kind of information censored by the authority or by the content provider in in China. So, because we think this is one kinds of indicator. To indicate what kind of inf information that the government don't want to see, and also is kinds of a signal to see what kind of response from the public. We use a main scope. It sounds like it's a microscope. We read into the details about Chinese public, and and also it is completely different from the other concepts because in China the, the mainstream media are heavily regular. By the government, and so social media is one of the best platform to look at this question. So, when it comes to censorship, you are then trying to catch posts online before they are being deleted, or how does it work? The general precedent is simple.、Uh, basically, we developed a a computer program. It run energy every day, twenty four and seven, and it try to read the message. Before the guest sensor, so it's for Weibo and WeChat. We use the same principle. We just basically at the race with the with the sensor、uh, with the sensor. We try to copy and keep a copy in my database before the guest sensor. So and then when we we visit them, we find how hey this disappeared. That we found this as a sensor. So and then we collect. Do it collectively and get a sufficient large data set. Then we can look at the pattern of this issue. So I looked at your Waveoscope website, and、uh, you display there a graph over a timeline. For instance, this graph this year it peaked on March fourth.、Mm. The graph gave me a figure of just over six million and a censorship rating of six point zero three. What does that tell me, actually? This is graph what we call the censorship index. So the meaning is look like it's a ratio of the censored、uh, information. Because we have a large sample in our database, so we just simply calculate the ratio of the sensible over the overall post we collect. So that number is、uh, interpreted like this. We also round up by 
per 10,000. So that means the number means number of posts per 10,000 posts we detect in our sample were censored. So, so that gives you it's quite a good indication then what is being deleted and whether there has been any sort of significant event that might have triggered uh, the census to, let's say, go into overdrive. Now, Waberscope started about eight years ago. WeChat Scope is a lot more recent, but you must have collected an awful lot of data in this time and you must have a pretty good idea of how censorship has changed and evolved uh, in recent years. So just to tell us a bit about sort of some of the main trends. Yeah, you are right, entirely right. It's, it's now is evolving into a different status of, of, of what we call the... I, I, now I don't say use the word censorship. I, I would say this is more all-rounded or 360-degree information control. Because censorship is, I would say, is more like a more 1.0 version of control. People understand about the censorship, about it is the quick firewall to block the uh, international website, censorship. But now we observed more and more different strategies used by the government. For example, now the government know how to manipulate the public opinion. They can insert their own information into the website. They will send different uh, paid commentator into different websites, what we call the actual stroping. The government will create their own propaganda machine to disseminate their own version or understanding of the issue. They will create hip-hop, game-like video, and also game to promote the leader's image as well as the government policy. So they, they, they are very active in all different ways to manipulate public opinion. At the same time, they will also extend from political content into different other domains, including entertainment as well as businesses commerce. So that is what I call this is the 2.0 version of the information control. But this is it's already a few years ago, but in the past one year, I would argue this is another what we call 3.0 version of control. The two main examples are, first, a lot of people learn about it, it's called social credit systems. This is a system that basically extends the online control into the real-life, everyday life control. So this is one thing. Another thing is that we also see increasingly more cases that the government exercise the power beyond the territory of China and also become a global influence. So this is what I understand the development of the whole thing from simply censorship become a overall informed control system. This is Merrick's Experts. With me today in the Merrick's Expert Studio here in Berlin is Professor Fu King Wang of the University of Hong Kong. We're discussing online censorship and controls in China. You already mentioned that uh, censorship and online control has moved from what you call like control 1.0 to 2.0, 3.0. And you also said um, that the authorities are moving into so-called soft issues like hip-hop. But also with the censorship, they're moving into soft issues like hip-hop music, uh, tattoos, jokes. Uh, tell us, what is going on? Why these soft issues? 
I think we need more research to really understand the full picture right now. It, it, it's too early to speculate the main reason. But my suspicion is the government wants to maintain the public opinion under their control. That means they don't like the public create some kinds of new thing or new agenda that is not followed entirely the government directive. And it doesn't matter anymore whether this is criticism of uh, Xi Jinping or whether this is jokes or hip-hop music or tattoos? Yes, we would argue this really it becomes more increasingly more independent of the content. About Let me give you an example. And not just talk about the old thing, you soft thing. We talk about in the recent years, there's a quite a number of online criticism, uh, patriotic posts related to the foreign policy related to China, Japan. So... Perhaps you, you will argue this is in the government interest to promote this kind of patriotic view in China. But we see government also don't like these kinds of message or communication online uh, become close to line. So back to the question, that may not entirely relate to the content, no matter not supporting a government or not supporting a government. It's just one thing under control by the government, no matter what content is about. So it's really about control, it's about being able to shape, influence, manipulate whatever the public mm. is talking about. But of course, this is also some sort of uh, very general observation. But at the end, why? You still need to answer why. Why there has this kind of like to control everything independent of the content. At the end, that still they has a fear at the end that this kind of even non-political issue soft issue might be politicalized and become something that will have impact to the stability of the state or stability of the ruling. So that might be the underlying thinking of about it. I don't I don't have any research to support it, but this is some sort of a general speculation. So then who does the manipulating, the controlling, the censoring? Is it the government apparatus, uh, the censorship machine, the so-called cyber police? Uh, or is it uh, the internet companies themselves, or a combination of the two? It is a, it is a multi-layers. In the front end, uh, most of the decisions made by the service provider. So that means uh, Tencent, uh, Sinang, Alibaba, these, these are the main part of the, uh, making decisions. But they are also have a close relationship <coughs> with the government department. As far as I know, the propaganda department on the cybersecurity office holds weekly meetings with the major content provider in China, so to provide guidance or support to the, to the information control department in each uh, service provider. So this is the way that they maintain certain kinds of consistent across the platform. And also from time to time, I understand they, uh, the propaganda department or the cybersecurity department make direct contact to the content service provider that to request to certain kind of topics should be uh, regulated. So I think that means this is multi-layers, but still government have a really top-down control over all the decisions made in, in, in by the service provider. It's, it's going as far as like creating fake trending lists on the internet. This is another issue that is not really censoring, it's about the manipulating. Uh, the government found some of the hot search link they 
pop up some of the topic that the government say, hey, this is something I don't like you to highlight. So what is the best way to regulate? They thought the best way to do it, insert my own version. So that's why they, this is the government policy. This is a lot of people are searching for it. That will create another alternative usage. Of course, as a general user, when they look at the list, they understand what happened. This is something that they don't believe to be true. At the end, they will still continue to follow something trendy. But this is still the government strategy to try to create this kind of manipulation of public opinion. Now, Chinese internet users are known for their very creative, sometimes ingenious ways of getting around the old-style censorship uh, to access either blocked uh, websites or to still discuss uh, taboo subjects by using puns, by using homophones and whatnot. Uh, what are some of the strategies people use to get around what you call control 2.0 or 3.0 that involves so much manipulation? One example I can quote is pretty recent. It's about the, the Me Too campaign in China. So it related to the sexual harassment and already a lot of women in, in China basically echo to this uh, campaign. So they cannot use directly Me Too in English language. But I found quite a number of examples. They convert Me Too into a Chinese character to represent Me Too. But the songs is me, me Too, but in the Chinese character, and then use it as a symbol to try to link up the people. And it's pretty like the hashtag Me Too in, in China, but they cannot use directly, but they create a symbol to represent it uh, in China. This is the, the, the way that they are, do, they are doing, how to maintain a discussion about the topics in China. And also, like, pictures and screenshots used to be very popular because uh, uh, the censorship, the, the filters find that much harder to detect. Um, are those um, screenshots and, uh, and, and pictures, are those still the weapon of choice to, to, to get, get around the censorship? Correct. Um, this is all time, it's already a while, that, that, that this kind of the main strategy. A lot of people, they, if they find out some of the posts, hey, this is pretty sensitive, that might get uh, sensor. The first thing they do, it, of course, they, they share, but the second thing they do, they do a screen tap. Because screen tap, they install, and then you can, you can share, and then let's let you sensor. So basically, it become a practice of some of the people share and screen cap to keep a copy of, of, of the, this kind of topics. It, it's already, some of the people we already have created this kind of culture. So I think that it will continue to move on uh, like this. And that means in the public, that's a lot of people keeping a lot of information censored. So it, it's really interesting that how to collect all this information for, for some sort of analysis. But no matter how, how much people keep and how creative people are to circumvent uh, uh, the censorship, uh, what the, the manipulation we have talked about and what you describe as thought control, that is very difficult to get away from. So uh, how has that changed the Chinese internet and how much real debate is there still on the Chinese web? I, I don't know. I don't know how a complete answer for it, but at least I would say now... The whole environment in public sphere, in online public sphere in China, is a relatively depressing in terms of 
less people would try to speak out in the public domain on some of the issue, which is sensitive or related to social issue. Less and less people, uh, based on some statistic, use Weibo, which is the public dimension of social media, to voice out their opinions. So, in the general situation, I it's not a really very conductive environment, but it, we still can see people in China they make use of very limited capacity and the power and use internet as the vehicle to drive their uh, aspiration or, or or the support. I think the reason issue related to Beijing University student. That petition towards the sexual harassment issue is an excellent example. Even a one single student in the in the university, he make use of internet, make use of some of the things that can get echo around all the group. She can launch a campaign that create impact locally and internationally. So I think, in general sense, yes, it's pretty not a very Good uh, environment for public speech, but from time to time we can see people can voice out. Because your outlook is rather gloomy,、um, have we underestimated、uh, the Chinese state's ability to control and shape the internet? I think there is powerful to to shape it, but as I said, it really has a huge impact in general. But we cannot stop everyone. And we don't know from towards some point, even a single a very small group of people making use of a very limited, restricted internet environment can create something big in in China. I cannot underestimate the state power, but also I can't underestimate the citizens' power. China and the internet control two point zero and three point zero tight controls that stifle debate and very. Little prospect of change anytime soon, Professor Fu. Thanks a lot for your insights. That was Fu Kingwa, associate professor at the Journalism and Media Studies Center of the University of Hong Kong. You can find his Weibo censorship index and a lot more information about his work on the university's website. My name is Ruth Kirchner. Thanks for listening and bye for now. You have been listening to Merrick's Experts, the podcast from the Makoto Institute for China Studies in Berlin. If you want to learn more about our work, please visit us at merix.org.